So last week we took a poll and should I preach from up there or from here? And it was pretty overwhelming from, that I should be here, but a few other hands came, so I thought maybe once in a while. I really don't like it up there. It's just, you know, I want to be connected, you know, connected. So it's kind of like parable marathon these days. I mean, if you were here last week, it got started and we had what four today or was it five? I don't even know. Uh, and, you know, and Jesus told his disciples once why he get taught, spoke in parables. And basically he said, I do it because you don't understand. No, he said, because I do it because you won't understand. And here we are, a couple of thousand years later, still trying to understand. But out of that comes wisdom, I hope. You know, I did a little search. I, uh, I love search on things. Uh, and there are 29 unique parables uh, in the New Testament. None in the Gospel of John. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, 29 unique ones. And a whole lot of them are repeated, some of them in all three. Uh, so that would run it up quite a bit. But uh, the feature of this group of parables that we just heard uh, seems to be small hidden things of some sort. Mustard seeds. Does anybody still have uh, one of those iconic little baubles you can wear around your neck with a mustard seed in it? Who, ha who actually has one of those? Yeah, a few of you. I'd love to have one of those. No, don't bring me one. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It would just gather dust, I promise you. So small hidden things. And then the, the business of the yeast. Uh, I checked with Susan about how much yeast it takes to do a loaf of bread, and it's just a little bit. And, and trying to find out what kind of measures they were talking about in the, in the parable, they, they were making a lot of bread, and just a little bit of yeast is all it takes. And a lot of flour. And then there's that hidden treasure in the field. What's that about? What's that about? Man finds the treasure, he buries it, and then buys the whole field. The whole kingdom of God, he hopes. And a single pearl of great value. There's a wonderful little story about that in a little book called Tales of a Magic Monastery. And I'll read that story for you here in a minute. So how big is the kingdom of God? I mean, it must be really, really big. Matter of fact, I think it's pretty much everywhere, right? Really, really big. If only we could just have a glimpse once in a while of that kingdom. Just have a sense once in a while that we're actually there. I mean, I don't know, to, a place like this would be a place where you might have such a sense once in a while. 
But we go on around our lives and crazy as they are, once in a while a glimpse. So what are we looking for? What are we looking for? What do we want more than anything? Maybe it's peace. Peace in the world, yes, but maybe inner peace is what we really, really want. Inner peace. The kind you can find in the kingdom of God. But it's so hard, and we, maybe we want a little equanimity, you know, a little balance in our life. Too much of this, not enough of that. Get it? Kind of like this. Happiness. Maybe that's the bottom line. We want happiness. We want to be happy. Now, we have little bits of happiness, don't we? Of course. So, I hope you're having one right now, you know. I don't know, but see, we'll see. <clears throat> but it's said that true happiness comes when we can see things the way they truly are and allow that to be true, whatever is true. We can see it. And I don't mean agree to it, because whatever's true might be something bad. But still, we can... And in that, we can find happiness under some very difficult circumstances. I've been through some difficult circumstances in the last year or so, falling off my bicycle, breaking my pelvis. I don't, I'm not going into all that. You don't, you don't want to hear it, but <clears throat> I'll tell you, it was a, over a year of some real pain. But all the time getting better, all the time getting better, and I'm riding my bicycle again. And, and over all that time, I was able once in a great while to say, okay, this is just what happened, this is what is. And you can have a little happiness, even under those circumstances. So I have, I have a fondness for a, uh, a Catholic monk named uh, David Stendelrast, Brother David. He has a, a uh, he's all about gratefulness. That's his thing. And he has a whole website about that. About, and he'll, he'll send, a, send you gratefulness word of the day if you want it. And, uh, and maybe you do want it. And, but he, he, he gave a TED Talk. And I watched this TED Talk. Uh, and so I'm actually giving him credit for some of the things, ideas I have right here. But he says, happiness does not invoke gratefulness. Think about that. Happiness does not produce gratefulness. Now somebody will say, well, wait a minute, but think again. Think again. We know many people. I know many people. I might be looking at quite a few people right now who have everything they could ever want to be happy but they want more. We always want more. It's hard to be grateful when you don't have enough. 
or you think you don't have enough. So he proposes the idea that gratefulness, being grateful for, for, for this very life we live, for all that we have, produces happiness. Gratefulness produces happiness. You kind of get it? Yeah. We know people who have great trials and tribulations, but are very happy because they're grateful. Sometimes we see maybe in some documentary a, a, a foreign land, I don't like this term, but we sometimes call it a third world country where, where uh, uh, there's a whole groups of people uh, that by our standards have like nothing and they're dancing around and they're happy. They're grateful for what they do have. I know a friend of mine, he died recently and he had, he had a, one of those autoimmune diseases. I don't think anybody really knew for sure. Maybe Lou Gehrig's disease or something like that. And uh, every time, you, oh, and I knew him over a period of years as that disease progressed. And every time you would see him, Bob was his name, uh, he would say, another day in paradise. It just came out of his mouth. And we were in physical therapy together, and I'd see him and say, hey, Bob, and he'd say, another day in paradise. He was grateful for that day. Hmm. Some people are very grateful for what they have and don't seem to want any more. Out of their gratefulness springs happiness, generosity, and love, and the kingdom of God. And Brother David says that gratefulness and happiness arises when something is given to us freely. You know, like no strings attached. Not something earned, not something bought. Gratefulness arises out of that. Every moment that we experience, by the way, every moment is a free gift to us. And we can use it or not. But don't worry, because we have moment after moment after moment after moment after moment given to us. Over and over and over again, we have a chance to be grateful for that gift. The gift of our life. Life itself, obviously, is a free gift. As hard as it may be sometimes, as difficult as it may be sometimes, it's a free gift. We are grateful in the worst of conditions sometimes. The kingdom of God is a free gift. It's like everywhere. So here's uh, a little story from the Tales of a Magic Monastery by Theophane 
the monk, a, Christ, a Cistercian monk residing at St. Benedict's Monastery in Snowmass, Colorado. He has a little book called Tales of a Magic Monastery. I've got a few of them uh, over there in my office. Anybody wants one? So here's the story. He asked me what I was looking for. Frankly, I said, I'm looking for the pearl of great price. He slipped his hand in his pocket and he gave it to me. He just gave it to me. It was just like that. I was dumbfounded. Then I began to protest. Do you really want to give it to me? Don't you want to keep it for yourself? But, 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 I said. When I kept this up, he said, finally, look, is it better to have the pearl of great price or to give it away? Now I have it, but I don't tell anyone. And some, for some, there would be just disbelief or ridicule. You have the pearl of great price? Ha! Others would be jealous. Someone might steal it even. Yes, I do have it. But there's that question. Is it better to have it or to give it away? How long will that question rob me of my joy? Is this a metaphor for something of very great monetary value? If so, then the question is, is it better to have it or give it away? The kingdom of God, a free gift that we did not even earn, a life that we didn't even, nobody here stood up and said, I'd like to be born, please. Didn't happen. Sometimes we're sorry. It's hard. But if we wanted to buy it, the kingdom of God, if we want to buy it, according to Jesus' parable, it would cost us everything. And according to Brother David, we might not even be happy if we bought it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's oftentimes used uh, at stewardship time when we want somebody to, you know. But anyway. You, have, you remember Scrooge McDuck? Remember him? He was, he was Donald's rich uncle. And in the, in the iconic image of Scrooge McDuck was Scrooge McDuck sitting on a pile of his money, just tossing it up in the air and laughing. <laughs> when we see our treasure to be our worldly possessions or our worldly wealth, it's hard to be satisfied. Worldly wealth and possessions requires continuing maintenance. A lot of money can be a lot of burden. Moss and rust consume, thieves break in and steal, it says. But when we live our lives with generosity and loving kindness and compassion and peace, 
The kingdom of God can be our home. The pearl of great price may be a teeny mustard seed. It will be our greatest possession. You know, as we go down the road, when we're facing a decision, which way to go, the smallest to the greatest decision of our lifetimes, we ask ourselves, is there love in it? Is there love in it? If the answer is yes, we will know the direction to travel. So here's something a little lighthearted from uh, John Prine. Uh, he has, he has one, some, some of you are John Prine fans. Somebody at 8 o'clock was a really big... I thought he was going to sing this. Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't. But it's uh, in his uh, song, A Spanish Pipe Dream. But this is the way ahead. Blow up your TV, throw away your paper, go to the country, build you a home, plant a little garden, eat a lot of peaches, try to find Jesus on your own. Thank you so much for your kind attention. I'll just say amen.